Hey, it's me, Kayla White, the host of Valley 101. Out of an abundance of caution, almost everyone in our newsroom will be working from home for the next few weeks. That means we're away from our studio and our usual recording equipment, so you might notice that our podcast sounds a little different because of that, but it's not stopping us. We'll still bring you new episodes every week. Thank you for listening. Welcome to Valley 101, a podcast from the Arizona Republic and azcentral.com, where we answer the questions you ask about Metro Phoenix. I'm your host, Kayla White. Today, we're going to the Arizona State Capitol. Well, at least through the airwaves. A listener asked this question. What is the story behind the angel on top of the state capitol? And do you have any other interesting facts about the capitol building? Well, yes, we do. Producer Maritza Dominguez dives into its history to answer this question. Take it away. If you've ever visited the state capitol, odds are you've gone to the front of the lobby where they have the museum. There, you might run into a man named Michael Cady. He's a retired history teacher, now turned volunteer. But it turns out he is so much more than just a volunteer. He gives tours of the state capitol and over time has done really extensive research on the building. He's become the go-to expert. Before diving into the story of the angel on top of the state capitol, let's go into its origins. It wasn't until 1889 that Phoenix became Arizona State's capital. At the time, the area was still a territory. As a territory, funds were limited, and the primary goal was to become a state. To do that, we had to prove to Congress and the president that we were responsible, and we wanted to make sure there was no funny business. So we had a very frugal capital. The original budget was supposed to be $100,000. I know sometimes people will say, oh, back then that was a lot of money. Not for a state capital. That was, that was nothing for a state capital. The cost of the building ended up being $136,000 which is just over $4 million in today's dollars. According to Michael, it was still a very modest budget. The Capitol Commission had a contest in which 16 architects entered. The winner was Riley James Gordon. He had previously designed courthouses all over Texas. But as a young man, he came in with this very kind of modest proposal and they liked him. Um, sadly, as I point out on the tour, his name is remembered twice at the Capitol, once carved in marble and another in bronze, and both spell his name incorrectly. Although James Riley Gordon designed the building, he didn't stick around. Michael said there isn't any record of him ever coming back to even see it completed. Instead, another man took the job of actually building it. The land that it stands on now used to be an alfalfa farm. The building itself has an unusual design story. I asked Michael about this. It's a combination of Greek and Roman, right? The Romans like domes, so there's a dome. The Greeks like columns, so we have kind of facade columns in the front. They're, they're not even really doing anything just there. Um, so that's the theme, that's the style. Now, there's also another fact that might not be common knowledge that I found fascinating how the building is like nearly fireproof, knock on wood, I hate saying that out loud. 
This is Stephanie Mayhem, an administrator of the Arizona Capitol Museum. The structure is as nearly fireproof as it was possible to make it. The floor of the basement is of cement, and though the other floors are of lumber, they are laid upon cement and are as inflammable as the cement. (laughs) Michael gave me even more insight as to why they built the Capitol to be fireproof. They were very concerned about it because, as we all know, if you go back to that period of time, whole cities like Chicago burned to the ground. You know, it was, it was a terrible thing. And uh, when I started researching other capitals, I noticed some states are like on their third capital. Stephanie also mentioned in the 1800s, small fires would end up burning down small towns. The capital didn't have much wood in it so that the main structure would still stand even if it did catch on fire. They wanted to make sure what they built would last. Another key feature of the building was the copper dome. However, it wasn't originally copper. 1890s, they're looking at building the Capitol. They go to the copper industry in Arizona. They say, you guys have made a lot of money off of copper. We're building the territorial capital. You should donate the copper. And they said, no. Because of their tight budget, they looked for a cheaper alternative. They used a metal called turn, which was essentially sheet steel, and they coated it with zinc. It was then painted black and then later white. Later, it was painted a copper color. And we saw uh, receipts for 200 gallons of copper paint is what it took to cover the dome. And now we finally get to the angel on top of the Capitol. This is her name. So Wing Victory. It seems to be based on the winged victory that's in the Louvre, an old Greek statue, but it's not exactly the same. You know, she's missing a head and so forth. The winged victory of Samothrace in the Paris Museum was put on display in 1884, less than 20 years before the Capitol was built. She does look similar to the angel in the Louvre, but there's some differences. She's holding a torch in one hand and in the other, a laurel. The torch symbolizes justice and the laurel reef for freedom. Michael said that in early newspaper articles, the angel wasn't even called winged victory. I think what's happened is over the years, we've applied a name to it, and it's a good name. It's winged victory. It's a great name. But I don't think at first it really had that symbolism. She's technically a weather vane, and she's 16 feet tall. She weighs 600 pounds, and she turns the direction the wind is coming from. The way the wind catches the, uh, her wings, she points that direction. She was bought out of a trade catalog for $165. There are some urban legends about her as well. Stories have been told that cowboys used to use her as target practice in the early 1900s. Michael has also heard this one. And sometimes the story is, well, it was cowboys celebrating when we became a state and they went out and shot her up. By the 1970s, the Capitol building was run down and not well taken care of. During the 200th anniversary of the United States, federal funds were allocated to start reviving historical government buildings. One of those ended up being the Arizona State Capitol. You got it on the Register of Historic Buildings. Then you apply and you can get federal money to refurbish it. And I think that had a lot to do with it, that we could get help. Um, They then in the mid-70s, found Gerald Doyle, and his first job was stabilizing the structure, the outside structure of the building, the dome, and so forth. 
Gerald Doyle was the architect in charge of restoration. Michael has spent hours looking through Gerald's papers and files. When the winged victory was brought down for restoration, archives showed evidence of bullet holes piercing the statue. There were bullet holes in it. <laughs> when he re rebuilt it, and I saw photos, he had slides in his archives. Uh, where they had a crane and they brought it down. They sent it to Tucson to get repaired. Over time, the statue lost a bit of its function as a weather vane after being shot at and being tethered down to the dome. So during the restoration, she was filled with foam to give her more sturdiness. Stephanie told me how it now makes a interesting noise inside the Capitol. We can also hear it in the building. So I always kind of, I tell like our interns and our new staff, you know, when it's a quiet day, a windy day, to go and listen because it, it almost sounds like orca whales. <laughs> I know it sounds really weird, but it has this just kind of like low churning sound that's like really cool. And it, it fills the, the dome, especially if you're upstairs, you can hear it. And it's, it's pretty cool. To turn the rundown shabby capital back to its full glory took years. Not only were there bullet holes on the winged victory, but also all over the top of the columns. There was no AC in the original building, so over the years, people added room ACs that stuck out of the windows. That ended up significantly damaging the windowsills, which then had to be rebuilt. In the 60s and 70s, like linoleum floors were really big, so they were able to uncover some of the hard, original hardwood floors, which is pretty cool. There was a lot of work to be done on the building. Gerald Doyle and his team found that the dome was also in terrible shape. It was being held together by tar, so it had to be replaced. Gerald Doyle went to the copper industry and said, hey, you guys had a chance years ago. Why don't you do the right thing? And this time they did. So they donated the copper. It is copper today, uh, but it wasn't before. Because the building was made much smaller due to their budget, additional buildings were created over the years for the legislative branch. By the time they were renovating, there was hardly any work being done in the building. They turned the interior into a museum to display artifacts and replicate the original rooms. Nowadays, you can go in for a free tour of the Capitol. You'll find the mosaic state seal on the first floor. The House chamber has been restored to look like what it did during the state constitutional convention. It's an interactive display. You can sit at the desks. It's a very family and kid-friendly museum. If you grew up in Arizona schools, you probably learned about state history in elementary school. Also, odds are likely you took a tour of the Capitol. I know I did. Um, we tour about 22,000 uh, students every year. We focus mostly on third and fourth grade uh, Arizona curriculum. So that's a really big part of what we do. For Michael, he spent his whole career as a teacher and he's enjoyed continuing that through these tours. I taught high school students and I taught college classes and I never taught elementary school until, you know, I'm down there uh, giving tours to fourth graders and I found fourth graders were a lot of fun. And part of it is they're open to looking at new things. Not only does he love teaching fourth graders, but has also enjoyed seeing all the unique things that take place at the Capitol. The other thing is it's very interesting because as you well know, anybody that goes down to our Capitol, whenever the legislature is in session, there's always something going on. There's always some demonstration out front. I've gotten to see a lot. 
and I've gotten to talk with people that I wouldn't have normally, you know, uh, talked to. Hey listeners, it's me, Kayla again. Maritza, what an in-depth look at the history of the State Capitol building. Personally, I cannot believe that that angel is 16 feet tall. I thought it was like maybe five, six feet tall. But anyway, I'm sure some of those 22,000 kids are kind of sad that they're not getting to do their tour at the Capitol. Is there anything that can replace that? On their social media platforms, they're finding ways to connect with people. Here's what Stephanie told me. But then there's also activities like right now we're promoting a uh, state symbol scavenger hunt. So anyone can do it, you know, and we're, we're um, basically kind of focusing on a different state symbol every few days and asking folks to take pictures of that symbol and share it with us on social media. They actually do this scavenger hunt when students come to the Capitol. Now they've just taken it online. They're also posting short videos of different artifacts that they have in their collection. So you can find them on Facebook and Twitter at AC Capital Museum. Oh, good. It's always wonderful to learn more about our state. I mean, bullet holes in the angel. You can't top that. Well, that's it for today. If you have more questions about how Metro Phoenix is changing, submit them to us at valley101.azcentral.com. And if you're a new listener, remember you can go back and listen to old episodes. We have a pretty big archive at this point. Let us know what you think by leaving us a rating or review on your podcast listening app. As always, thank you for listening to Valley 101, a podcast from the Arizona Republic and azcentral.com. See you next week.